Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. So, the Caldecott. Uh-huh. Let me put it this way. Let's put it put in, in, in a glass half full sort of way. I gave you three books. Two of them got awards. So I'm thinking my odds were pretty good. Mm. Yeah. Admittedly, one of the books that we really liked. Got, got nothing. Got bupkiss. Blue got nothing at all. Which is. Like literally out- nothing. Didn't get a karate Scott King. Didn't get nothing, nothing. Like not a single award Which- anywhere. Is screwed up on right. multiple levels. I, I agreed, agreed. But um, one that you dislike the most, uh, Hot Dog, won the Caldecott. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and you had a very good comment when I informed you of the fact of how we could celebrate at the banquet. We did that one year where it was the uh, wolf in the snow, right? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You yeah, were the girl I and the I was girl, the wolf? You were the wolf. So okay, good, so yeah. this year I'll be the dog. Okay, sure. You be the old lady. Okay, got you so put, uh, you know, a leash around my neck. Uh, oh, and oh. then you'll just drag me by the neck. <laughs> Everywhere we go, I'll just have my arms and legs just, just flat just, on the ground. I can yes. actually visualize this shockingly well. Yep, and you're just uh, gonna yeah. drag me everywhere, and we'll make sure that it's super hot. Yeah, and well, uh, it'll be Chicago, in and you just it's going to be super you just tie hot, me so. to a tree. And just leave me there. Long story short, folks, we're probably not going to make it to the Newberry Caldecott Banquet this year. Um, this might be one that we choose to skip. I'm Betsy Bird. I'm Kate Atienza. I don't know why I did last names. I don't know either. You I threw me off. I felt very there. formal. I was like, <laughs> I, once I did it, though, I couldn't stop. I was like, it's too late now. Let's Elizabeth see what she did. Bird and Catherine Atienza. I was thinking we haven't been doing like I. I try to change it up where we have a variety of perspectives and voices and uh, you know areas of expertise uh, on this podcast. We've been doing a lot of. We've been a lot, not so much on the Caldecott one, but but we've been doing a lot of white people lately, and it, it kind of gets to me after a while. So I thought we'd change it up and do something uh, from a couple that we have done before, and in fact have worked with this author even before. We'll see if you can remember just by looking at this book what book we might have done before uh, by this. I'll say trio. You ready for this? Uh-huh. All right, here we go. Trio. Who's in Rabbit's House? By Leo and Nope. Di- up here. Oh, Verna Ardema. Yep. Illustrated by Leo and Diane Dillon. Does it look familiar at all? Does it look like any other book we might have done a while ago? The mosquito one? Yeah! Why do mosquitoes buzz in people's ears? Which I believe was written also by Verna Ardema. And was also illustrated by Leo and Diane Dillon. Now, this is more of a Maasai story. The other one uh, was not specifically from the Maasai tribe, but this one is. Um, produced around the same time as, as that one, but uh, slightly different, slightly different, and has uh, an interesting publication page. So, yes, we're going to give it a try. Okay. Okay.
While Kate does her read, let's learn a little bit more about Verna Artema. This is a bit of a puzzle of a person. You know, she wrote Why Mosquitoes Buzz in People's Ears in 1975, and then Who's in Rabbit's House in 1977. Now, originally, she was from Michigan. Uh, she actually wrote for the Muskegon Chronicle in Michigan as a journalist. But when she was interviewed for an author's study from Children's Literature Forum, this is what she had to say. It said, when asked about becoming a writer, Artema responded with, I got to be a writer by default. Default being that I was a born bookworm in a household that desperately needed mother's little helpers. Interesting way to put it. Artem always aspired to be a writer, however, and it was not her plan to become a children's literature writer until she became a mother. Artem created stories inspired from the folk tales that she utilized in her classroom to motivate her daughter to eat. Okay, and then they go on and they say... This is how Artema came to realize that there was a need for children to learn about African culture and traditions. Come again? <laughs> I'm not entirely certain how one leads to the other. Now, of course, these days, we have a very complicated relationship with people who take folktales from cultures that are not their own and repurpose them in some way. But Artema's always been kind of an interesting exception to this because she always credited the cultures that she took the stories from, or at least a lot of the time she did in an era where people would just mix and mash them together or just say, this is from Africa. She would actually say the tribes and the regions a lot of the time. Who's in Rabbit's House, by the way, was published in 1977, won a Lewis Carroll Shelf Award and a School Library Journal Best Book of the Year Award. Hello. Hi. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. This is interesting. Isn't it? It's like not a straightforward folktale retelling. True. And I want to read you, I think you mentioned before, the weird publication date page. Yeah. I want to read it to you. Read it to me, please. Because it's not something I've seen before. Mm -hmm. So first they talk about uh, Ms. Artema. Artema? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it says, Dutch. Ms. Artema has skillfully combined repetition of key phrases with authentic African ideophones mm -hmm. to produce a rhythmic read-aloud text which preserves the essential flavor of an African tale. So, this you can tell this was written a long time ago because they're just saying... African. African. Yep. It's like, oh, from Egypt, is it? Or what part exactly? Yeah, they're not specifying exact tribes, though she does herself. So I blame that on them more than her, honestly. But for the illustrators, uh, it was it says it was prepared in pastels and tempura. After the original drawing was traced down, pastels were applied to the background, and then the foreground was painted in tempura. The full-color artwork was then camera-separated and printed in four colors. I thought that was really interesting. That is very interesting. I've never seen that written before, so that's why I wanted to share. Well, and I've, I'm still baffled as to their technique. The, the Dylans literally illustrated simultaneously, like next to one another. And I have never gotten a clear sense of how exactly that worked. Yeah, I don't know um, either. No. Because there's no. lots of details here. So many details. And yeah, who knows? So this, the illustrators, it says that they decided to present this folktale as a play, mm -hmm. and then the reader becomes part of the audience as the play unfolds, which is very clever. It is, and makes it perfect for adaptations for schools. Let me tell you that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
so, and I also like that they, they do say that, uh, so the people, when they put on this play, they're wearing masks of different animals and the mm-hmm. expressions change, which is part of the fantasy of it being in a book. Right. Um, but I'm glad that the illustrators didn't choose to make the masks like static. Yeah, I agree. Because you need those different facial expressions. Yes, you do. You need to have some of, yeah. I mean, if it, if you're just looking at a single expression, that's fine if it's like in a theatrical setting, but if right. it's on a two dimensional book, you don't get the same flavor from it. Yeah. Yep. So I'm glad that they decided to change it up. Yeah. So to jump into this uh, tale, we meet a rabbit. And the rabbit uh, sits in front of his house, and every day uh, the rabbit can see animals passing by that go down to the bank to get water. Mm -hmm. Well, one night, uh, she goes back to her house, and she can't get in. Because inside of her house, there is something that's yelling, I am the long one, I eat trees and trample on elephants, go away or I'll trample on you. And she's like... Uh, come again? <laughs> Haven't heard that one before. Uh, say what? Yeah. No. Uh, someone's in my house, and they're not leaving, and this is awkward. And they're really puffing themselves up, too. Yeah, like, and, yeah. and so now Rabbit's like, well, shoot, what am I going to do? What is... I only have one house. How do I get this apparent... Whatever it is. The long one. How do I get the long one out of my house? Well just so happens that there's this frog that comes by and let me tell you frog is my favorite character in this entire book Ooh, why is frog your favorite character i i will get to it at the end oh okay all right, all right. but just right. i'm just gonna throw it out there frog is the best okay team frog all team the way frog. all right yeah i understand so team team frog comes up right and is like i can help you and the rabbit's like <laughs> you are so small, what could you do that I can't? You annoy me. Whoa. Go away. Just went there. And the and it says the frog would have left that rude rabbit, in mm-hmm. which I'm like, it absolutely yeah. was rude. Hey, do you need some help? You're small. Like, that's not an appropriate you response. You annoy me. You annoy me with your Go, smallness. Go away. Yeah. I'm like, that poor frog nah, just trying nah, to nah. help. And then it gets... See if I ever help you again. Exactly. Well, hoppy creature. Then, it, you know, it just so happens that there's a jackal that comes by as the frog is being turned away. And the jackal's like, well, hey, what's going on? And the rabbit's like, well, there's someone in my house that's not going to leave. And so the jackal knocks on the little house and is like, hey, who's in there? And it's the exact same thing again. I'm the oh, long... it's the actual same words. It's the not same... Com- it's not coming up with a new story. Nope, it's same words. With the old story. I'm the long one. I eat trees and trample on elephants. Go away, or I'll trample on you. And I'm at this point. I'm thinking, okay, Is that a riddle. What could the mm. long one be? Is it? It's something that claims to eat trees and trample elephants. So I was like, okay, I was thinking like a maybe. Beaver. <laughs> I was thinking a giraffe at first because right, it eats they're long, trees, they right? Eat trees and I don't know How about do trampling trample elephants. elephants? No. Right. So then I was like, is it a rhino? But they don't really eat trees, but they could trample. It would be like a bird that can eat stuff from trees, but also sits on top of elephants. That's not trampling, though. It's also not long. Right. Right. So that's why I thought giraffe was like my first. Giraffe is not a bad guess, actually. So that's. Yeah. Well. I would have. Except for the elephant part, it seems to check out. We so. will find out. Spoiler. It's at what? the end. What? But okay. We won't, we won't get to it yet. But right. at this point, the jackal's like, oh, pff, I can help. Um, I'm just going to gather a bunch of sticks, put them from the house, light the sticks on fire, and then the fire will get the thing out of the house. 
And Robin's like, please don't light my house on yeah. fire. <laughs> uh, it's like, we haven't gotten to that point of desperation yet. Yeah, no. Uh, we're, we're, please do not let set my house on we're fire. We're good. Uh, so don't do that and uh, and go away. And yeah. Jekyll's like, all right. So Jekyll goes away and the rabbit's picking up all these sticks that were, been, that were going to be the kindling. That were going to be the kindling, which is a terrible plan. And, yeah. uh, and a leopard comes by and he's like, Dude, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Rabbit's like, I'm picking up these sticks because there's I can't get into my house because the freaking jackal was gonna burn my house down because there's something in my house. And so Leopard does the same thing. Hey, who's in there? Same thing. I'm the long mm-hmm. one, I eat trees, trample elephants, go away, or I'll trample No on one you. seems to be taking this threat very seriously, by the way. They seem to be trying to make themselves sound big and no one's like, Ooh, it sounds scary. Like no one's falling for it. So Yeah, they're all like, You don't scare me. The the leopard is saying that I'll tear your house to bits and eat you up. At which point the leopard jumps on the roof of the house and starts tearing the house wait. to pieces. <laughs> wait, wait. And the rabbit's like no, no, don't do that. It's, this is still my house. Also, go there's away. a door literally right here. There is a door. Why don't we have you go in the But at this point, I'm door. also thinking, Rabbit, you know what? Beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. You keep asking for help, and then you... That's tr- true. You turn That's the- true. They do come up with solutions, and you have come up with none. And right. so now the Rabbit is trying to smooth and pat down the roof that has kind of been... Torn apart by Checking the, up the leopard, patting down the and roof. Now, and now an elephant comes by, and oh. the elephant's like, "This might be helpful." Yeah, and the elephant's like, "Hey, what's uh, what's going on?" Rabbit explains the situation. Elephant asks who's in there. Thing, the, the thing inside says, "I'm the long one. I trample on elephants." And the elephant's like, "Who tramples Prove on it? Who tramples on? <laughs> I'll trample you flat. You trample me, I'll trample yeah, you. Yeah, I'll see some trampling. And so the elephant gets ready to smash the house down, like charging mm-hmm. at it. And uh, the elephant's like, or no, the rabbit's saying, don't smash my Please house. do not smash my house. And, and the elephant's like, well, I was only trying to help. Mm-hmm. The rabbit's like, I don't want that by kind st- of help. Go away. By stomping on people. Meanwhile, the re- the frog oh. in the background of all of these is just bent over. <laughs> laughing up a storm that's awesome every single time like someone tries to help the the frog is just it'll take a look and then it's and then it's slapping its knee it's just it finds the whole thing hilarious that's awesome i like that the frog on the ground oh man doubled over laughing highly amused by this entire situation i love this frog good for frog yeah (laughs) so right so the the elephant leaves the frog is laughing, and the rabbit says, Stop laughing, frog. See what that stupid elephant did to my yard? And I was like, Stupid Whoa. elephant? That elephant was trying to help you. Yeah, man. Oh, this rabbit is so rude. So rude. You not getting your house back now. Ugh. So now the rabbit's nope. like, Well, now I have to smooth out my yard because the elephant, like, trampled Trampled it up. my dirt. Ugh. So I now a, rhino- a rhinoceros comes. Okay. I'm sure this is going to end well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're not known for doing anything violent, so you're fine. Yeah. So the same thing happens. Rhinoceros asks what's going on. Rabbit says there's someone in my house. Rhinoceros asks who it is. Inside it says I'm the long one. I eat trees, trample on elephants, go away, I'll trample on you. The rhinoceros is fuming at this. It is mm-hmm. like, I will hook you on my horn and hoist you into the lake, house and all. And instead of getting anything inside the house, it hooks the rabbit on his nose and flings the rabbit (laughs) over the lake 
In, well, they're not renowned for their eyesight, rhinos. Not so. so much. Yeah. It was just trying to help. It was. It just, you know, got a little off. And then, but he's very satisfied. And uh, he's like. Oh, well, as long as the rhino's satisfied, then it's all. But matters. then the frog's like, dude, you just threw the rabbit in the lake. And the rhino's like, oh, Say whoops. <laughs> My bad. Oh. <laughs> So then... Wasn't the rabbit in the house? No, the rabbit was outside the house! The the elephant, who just happened to be drinking at the lake, sees the rabbit, um, you know, helps the rabbit, you know, it, the, he puts his trunk, you know, around the rabbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he says, ah, I saved you, but I don't know why, because yeah. you're nothing but a bother. Seriously, you're rude, man. And I'm like, thank you for someone yeah. putting rabbit in his place. Exactly. Ugh, because the elephant is not wrong. I'm not thinking the rabbit's going to be hearing this one, though. Well, the rabbit says, thank you. Oh. Which I'm surprised. Wow. But still can't get into his house. Oh, sorry. She. Apparently the rabbit is a... Yeah, I caught that earlier. Sorry. Yeah. That's cool. So the rabbit's a she, mm-hmm. and she sits on a log and just starts crying because she can't get into her house. So Frog comes back and is like, dude, I, I offered to help you. I think I can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rabbit's like, well, well, how? And Fry goes, by scaring him. And Rabbit's like, okay, mm-hmm. tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. What is your plan? And so Frog takes like a big leaf, uses it as a megaphone, and just says very loudly through this megaphone, who's in Rabbit's house? And the voice says the exact same thing again. And the frog says, I'm a spitting cobra. I can blind you with poison, get out of the house, or I'm going to squeeze under the door and spit poison in your eyes. Oh, the door's closed. Okay. The door's I wasn't closed, about that, but it's but yeah, not yeah. hard to get well, but through that seems a door. Really, but yeah, that's, see, that's very clever. It, very clever. Yes. At which point, the long one comes out. It wasn't a giraffe, Betsy. What was it? A caterpillar. Oh. It was just a very long green caterpillar. Because it can trample on top of elephants and it can eat ground. Okay, but, but. Yeah. Right. And it is long. Okay. It's long. I should have seen that one coming. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. so, and it's very clever because they're doing it like a play. Mm-hmm. So they have a bunch of people in masks like a caterpillar and they're all in a row. Oh, that's fun. So it looks like a row of people is the giant long caterpillar. It's right. very clever. And, uh, to be fair, some caterpillars are poisonous, so you oh. know they can be very dangerous, especially if they're brightly colored like this one. Well, the caterpillar's freaking out because it thinks that there's a spitting cobra somewhere. Yeah, and everyone is laughing, especially the frog. Oh yeah, uh, that who then proceeds to eat the caterpillar. I assume because no, that's what they do. No, right? it didn't no? do that. Oh, okay. I was surprised though because <laughs> I love the frog's expression. The here. frog is laughing up a storm, but there's no tongue. Yeah. Which is weird because you'd think a frog would definitely have it's a tongue. It's a funnier expression without the tongue, though. I have to say. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's better. It's better without a tongue. I don't know if the I tongue like was it. kind of like lollygagging out of the mouth. You know. I don't think it'd be as funny. I think it's funnier without the tongue. I I have to give the Dylans credit on this one. And in the background, more and more lions keep on showing up. Oh, that's of, not good. It's kind of freaking me out. But anyway, everyone is laughing that it was just a caterpillar. And everyone goes away. Everyone laughed at Rabbit, too, because, like, mm-hmm. you got fooled by a caterpillar. Right. And uh, then it, it says at the very end that Rabbit sat in her doorway, and the frog 
sat on a log, croaking with laughter. <laughs> but then the very last page, it's actual lions. It's not people dressed as lions. Interesting. They are. It's an actual. Was that a? a Pride of a lions. Pride, it's a pride of lions, yeah. They're all just looking at each looking other. Looking absolutely baffled. Yeah, they're very confused. Are they confused as, is it because they're confused as to why humans are pretending to be yes. animals? I think that is exactly what the implication is, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that we've suddenly gone into the real world with these lions, yeah. Got it. Interesting. That's it. That's the end. Right. So honestly, if you look online and try to informa- find information about this book, you, you can't find Bupkiss, but you can find it also on the publication page, where it credits the collection that she got it from, um, which is Tales for the Third Year from Equatorial Africa, originally published by E.P. Dutton in 1969, now out of print, which I thought was an interesting uh, note there. So at least it, it credits where it was gotten from. It doesn't claim that she didn't Fine, or you know that she made it up or anything like that. It, it does say that it did exist. Yeah, no, it's it's funny. It stays in print. This one, um, really, Artema's known for three books. She's known for the mosquito book that we discussed. She's known for this book, and then she's known for bringing the rain to Capiti Plain, which was a reading rainbow book back in the day. Hmm. But we have not done that one yet. Nope. No. Um, ratings time. So as I said. Frog's my favorite. Frog's so, awesome. Even after being told that the frog is annoying and to go away, it still comes out at the end to help and laughs in Rabbit's face. Yes. It's petty. This is right. It's petty and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> as long as your petty impulses can be uh, assuaged, you're good to go. The The premise of doing it as a play is also a cool concept and I like that the masks change expressions. Yeah. I like folktales and I like the illustrations, but I don't think that this is my favorite, but I still gave it a six. Yeah. I mean, I would agree with you on that. It's, it's, I, I would love to know more information, like whose idea was it to put it on as a play rather than in do, you know, the mosquitoes buzz in people's ears book. That's not done as a play. That's done straight up with the animals. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also... It's done in a very distinct style, but this was sort of taking it more like, hey, we're putting on a show. Mm-hmm. Let's show both the artifice of what's happening, but also like you get into the story just as much, particularly because the facial expressions on the mask change, which is so interesting. Um, I actually have to agree with you completely. It's it's not my favorite, but it's well done. It's, uh, it's a six. Solid six. Solid six. So it's a classic. It's a classic. Letters time. All right. So first, we have a letter from Lark. Now, Lark was the person who suggested the Groundhog book that we did uh, last week in the very first place. Uh, That title being, Will Spring Be Early or Will Spring Be Late? So we were uh, discussing on it, you know, the pig. What role does the pig have Mm -hmm. in this? And she writes... That pig is speaking truth to power. I see this book as a parable about misinformation and the harm it does to society. Very timely, I think. But it's also a bunch of cute animals in the snow. <laughs> that gra- and I had posted a groundhog video, uh, and she said, That groundhog video made me think of the marmots we have out here in Colorado, and I wondered about the difference. Turns out all groundhogs are marmots, but not all marmots are groundhogs. Interesting. The one in the book looks more like a gopher, honestly. <laughs> well, and to go along with that, you know, I had come up with an alternate name of what the 
fake flower company should yes, be in that you did. book. Yeah. And I asked, can, can other people think of other better names for artificial flower company? Right. And um, Lisa Phipps, author on Instagram, said, Petal Pushers, OK, oh. okay Bouquets, or, or Oopsie Daisy. Oh! Isn't that clever? Who's getting the cookie now? And then Barney Salzberg said, a flaker, a flauker. Oh. And then there was also one more. It was Pipes and Kid Lit. Hey, Pipes and Kid Lit! They suggested bogus begonias. Okay. This this is more than I could have possibly have hoped for, and I suspect... We'll be getting even more uh, in the future. I as hope well, so but... because it, anything is better than artificial flower company ink. <laughs> yeah, he just wasn't thinking that one through. No, I mean, but look at what it has wrought. Uh, oopsie daisy. Um, oopsie daisy. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That might be my favorite. I don't know. We should have people vote on them. Yeah, we'll figure it out. All right, grown up things we like. So last weekend, I went to a baby shower. Oh, yeah, you did. And it was a baby shower I've never been to, like, before. It was, nope, it, nor I, my and, friend. And I never probably will again. But I think it set a precedent for what baby showers should be like. Should be like? Okay. In, in, a, in a sense. Because this was a destination baby shower. Well, it was in Florida. Right. Any place outside of Chicago is a destination. Oh, uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she lives there. I don't know. All of her Ohio? friends and family, nah. you know. But anyway, so yeah, I flew down there and it wasn't the type of baby shower where you all sit around and you watch her open gifts and then you play stupid games. It wasn't like that at all. It was exactly what she wanted it to be, which included yoga and meditation. And then she had a photographer come and take pictures of everyone. And there was dancing and there was a paint and sip uh session and it was it was full of activities i mean the next day i I didn't get to participate because i had to fly out but there was facials and there was a sound bath and it was very interesting but i really liked that it wasn't the normal baby shower of let's all sit in a circle and watch someone open gifts and then see if we can find chocolate in a diaper you know i I have never been to one of those. All it's right. it's awful. So Sounds terrible. I think there yeah. need to be more baby showers of just hanging out with a bunch of women, doing fun stuff, and not having to do any of those traditional activities. Oh, very nice. And I have to say, you did show me her, her gift list and the board books she had listed par excellence. I, I, I approve fully. Any examples you remember? There was a uh, black and white one. Yeah, I mean, there was some. There was a, I high contrast. There were a bunch that I had done with my own kids. Uh, I, the black and white one, I think, is literally called black and white. Um, uh, but yeah, the name the name escapes me. So okay. I can't think. But they were they were excellent, excellent books. So excellent. Well, that's very cool. That was mine. That's yeah, nice. Uh, while you were. Kicking up your heels in the sand in Florida, I was back here with my kids, uh, cuddled down because we're very excited. Netflix has finally released, after all these years, Lockwood and Company. This is a eight-episode series based on two of the books in the Lockwood and Company series, which is a YA series that can be best described as kind of like Ghostbusters, kind of like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, kind of like Scooby-Doo. Um, the whole premise being that ghosts have, you know, about 50 years ago, ghosts started showing up in England and, uh, only ones who can see them are kids. Therefore, the agencies hire kids to get rid of them. And this is an independent agency of, you know, young teens 
who have called Lockwood and Company who are going out and doing these jobs on their own. Uh, I love this series so much. It's by Jonathan Stroud when it came out. I read all of them to my daughter, so she was all hepped up on them too. And then as we've been watching them, the casting is great. It's the number one show on Netflix right now. Um, just everybody absolutely adores it. It got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes last I looked. And it uh, doesn't have quite as many of the jokes as it should. Uh, there are a lot more jokes in the books than there are on the screen. But beyond that, casting was wonderful. Um, the kids are great. And I'm highly enjoying it. Excellent. Yay. I hope and pray they make another season. But we'll see. Well, watch it while you can. Unless, you know, if, if you've stolen someone's password. Because uh, soon you won't be able to access Netflix if you're sharing a password with someone. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah. 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 So watch it while you can. Well, <laughs> I, I I have Netflix. But oh. I, don't, I don't steal it from my poor oh, theatrical yeah. neighbors me, or nothing. Me, yeah. me, me, nope. I don't steal it. What? Hey, look over there. Shiny. Oh, so shiny. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, I guess next week, I guess I have to buckle down and find a... A Valentine's a Day Valentine's book. Day. I have found, though, that there is a library not far from Evanston in uh, Wilmette where they have the biggest holiday section. And it was just chock full of Groundhog's Day books. I could have taken anything I wanted when I was there. So they probably have a pretty good uh, Valentine's Day, though. I, you know, my own library has a very good one when it comes to classics. They don't have as many of the new stuff, but they do have a lot of the old stuff. So maybe I'll find something there. Very cool. And readers, I know, and listeners, I know that you have suggested Valentine's Day books in the past. We've done some of them. Uh, if you have a special one just burning a hole in your heart, feel free to write in at fuse8kate at gmail.com and maybe we'll do it. Yep. Cool. All right. And until we decide on a Valentine's Day book... I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKDate at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse 8 Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime and our waskly wabbit is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate, Atienza, and Betsy Bird.